Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Trevor. I'm so excited to be with you today. I know it looks a little different, right? We're actually here in my living room at our house, and I think that's so fitting, actually, that right after Thanksgiving, uh, we're having a little family get-together. That's what I'm calling it. We were actually already planning on having a family Sunday, and man, what better way than to be in our living room today, and I'm on your living room screen or phone or TV or wherever you're watching from. Uh, you know what? The first thing I want to do is let us know where you're watching from. If you're in Kyle or Buda, San Marcos, maybe you're out of state, type in the comments, let us know where you're watching from because we would love to see what God is doing all across the state, all across our community. Uh, so let us know. We're very excited to have all of you here with us. If it is your first time, I want to say thanks for watching today. Man, you could have been doing absolutely anything else. You could have still been sleeping right now, honestly. I know we've eaten a lot of food the last few days. Y'all were eating those leftovers. You know what I'm talking about, guys. You could have just been uh, still asleep, but you chose to get up and hang out with us at Radical Church today. So thank you so much. If you like what you see today and you want to learn more about Radical Church, uh, go ahead and fill out the digital connect card. You go to radicalchurch.life slash connect. It'll be in the comments. You can click on that or go on a different device. You can keep watching here. Fill out that connect card and I will make sure to personally give you a call this week. I would love to welcome you into the Rad Fam. And if you have any questions about the church, I'd love to help you and answer any of those for you. Also, I just wanna tell you guys why we're doing this. Okay, like why are we in my living room today? You know, why are we not having service at Negley Elementary like we normally do? Well, we had a couple that was in our church that they picked up COVID, they believe, before they came to church. So they were there that Sunday. And we just thought, you know what, let's just play it safe uh, because they had it and we wanna make sure that all of us are good and we have Thanksgiving and everyone's with their family and their friends. And so we figured, you know what, let's just have a time, all right? We were already planning on Family Sunday. Let's just hang out in our PJs and do church as a family. Like, let's just relax, hang out, worship together from home, be safe. We're not living in fear. That's the one thing that people always say is like, well, are you living in fear? It's like, we're not living in fear, y'all. Come on. We believe that God has power over all things, including COVID. He's not surprised. He's still in control, but at the same time, he's given us brains. All right. And so we're going to use that today and have a great time hanging out at home with our family. So I hope you enjoy service today. We're going to have some worship. I'm going to have a message for you about the importance of family. And then at the end, we're going to take communion together. So what I want you to do right now, wherever you're at, if you're at home, I want you to go ahead and get up, assign somebody in your family to be the communion getter. All right. They're going to go to the pantry, grab some bread, grab some juice, go ahead and get that ready for your family. So that at the end, when we have communion together, we'll be ready to do that all at the same time. Man, I can't tell you how excited I am to have service today. And listen, if you've been coming to Radical Church for a while, I have an opportunity for you that you don't want to miss out on, okay? Next week, we're gonna have Growth Track over Zoom. If you really wanna learn more about the church and, and you want us to be able to learn about you, and I'm telling you, you wanna go to Growth Track. It's over Zoom from four to 6 p.m. next week, and you can go to radicalchurch.life slash growth track. And that's how you can sign up for that. We will get you all the information that you need. It's basically a two-week process that helps you figure out who you are. You'll take a spiritual gifts test. You'll also take a personality test. You'll get to learn all about our church, our mission, our values, our culture, all that good stuff. But really, we want to just get to know each other, right? And figure out where you best fit here at Radical Church and how you can jump in, say, I want to get on the team, start making a difference in people's lives. And so sign up for Growth Track. Uh, that's all I have for you today. We're going to get into some worship. So let me pray and let's do this together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much 
for our time together, that we can be at home with our families, worshiping together, enjoying your presence. God, thank you that you know no limits. And no matter where we are at, whether we're at home, whether we're at church altogether, where we're, dr we're driving in the car, wherever it is that we might be listening or watching this from, God, I believe that you're gonna touch somebody's life today. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that died on the cross for our sins, that we can have life. And that's what we celebrate today. So Jesus, we just say, come, be a part of this service today, Lord. And we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for everything you're gonna do. And everybody said, amen. Hey, let's worship together. Good morning, church. Let's sing today the promises that we know our God has made for us.
weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. The God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, there's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. Cause I know how the story ends. Yes, I do. Yes, I know how the story ends. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And you 
of the promises that you've given us, promises that you've always held true. We thank you that you always hold your promises true. And as we just sang, we know that you take anything that is thrown at us, anything the enemy throws, and you turn it for good. So I pray that as we go into these next few weeks, that you prep us for the battle, you prep us for whatever we might come up against. And that whatever is in our way, that you take that and you use it for your kingdom. You use it for your glory, Father. In Jesus' holy name, we pray this. Amen. Church, I want to thank you for joining me here in my home as we sing these songs of worship together. I cannot wait to see you all again in person. So now back over to Pastor Trevor. Thank you, Tim, so much for leading us into worship today. I don't know about you guys. I love the band and I love when we have the big hoopla and all the fun stuff and everything, but there's something so powerful about just stripping it down, just down to an acoustic guitar, you know, and we're just singing together as a family in our home. I I just love that. There's something so special about that to me. So I hope you enjoyed it. Go ahead. If you did put some praise hands up in the comments, I'd love to see it. So uh, listen, the holidays are a great time that we get to spend with family, right? That's what it's all about. And in Thanksgiving, there's a few things that you always have at Thanksgiving, right? The first one is you always have some great food, okay? Whether it is the turkey, whether it is the ham, whether it is the stuffing or the nasty, terrible cranberry sauce that you people love. I I don't know who likes that stuff. I think personally, it's disgusting, okay? Maybe you can debate that in the comments for the next couple minutes, you know, but I hate that stuff. You know what I love though, is I love me some pecan pie, y'all. Mm, mm-mm, I love pecan pie. And I didn't even get it this year. I had some pumpkin pie, which is a close second, I feel like for me, but pecan pie, man, it is the best thing about my Thanksgiving meal. So uh, what's your favorite part about the Thanksgiving meal? Put that in the comments too. I'd love to see, we can have a little, you know, a little poll on what everybody's favorite thing about Thanksgiving was. Uh, Maybe you don't even want to think about food right now because you have eaten too much of it. You've eaten those leftovers already. You're already, you're eating them right now. You know what I'm saying? You eat the pie in the morning, going to church and your PJs. Okay. Listen, I know you might not want to think about it, but there's just some things that we love about Thanksgiving. And that's the first one. And we love doing that. And why do we do that? Why do we have all this food and and all this stuff? It's because it's a family tradition, right? 
You might have different kinds of foods that you eat, uh, some different ones that you, maybe like a green bean casserole, or you add some different little things in there, certain kinds of pies, or maybe you make your turkey a certain way, and you know, you always go to grandma's house, and you know, maybe she makes it the same way every year, and you're already looking forward to Christmas, you know, because you know what that meal is, and it's coming up. It's a family tradition. And we absolutely love those family traditions around the holidays. And also at Thanksgiving, uh, it's about catching up with family and seeing people that you haven't seen in a long time. Maybe you got that crazy uncle or aunt that comes into town, or maybe uh, if you don't have a crazy uncle or aunt, you might be the crazy uncle or aunt that people always talk about when you come, when you come into town. So uh, that might be that might be you. Who knows? But listen, it's about hanging out with family, regardless of all the you know the things that have gone on in 2020, regardless of you know political beliefs or all that stuff. That's usually the time where we try to anyway throw all that stuff out the window and just spend time with family. Maybe you have some family traditions where you you play football out back. You know, you get that football, you get the pigskin, you know, you're throwing it with your kids or you're throwing it with your cousins or whatever it might be. Uh, maybe you cook together. Maybe you, you know, do some different things. Like, I don't know, maybe what are some family traditions that you guys have? There are all kinds of different family traditions. And, and I think one of the things that's really important for us to do around the holidays that you might do as well is reminisce about the times that you had with the people that aren't with you anymore. You know, the holidays can be difficult for a lot of people. And I just want to recognize that is there's some people that, that have had loss in this time. And that maybe last year you were with somebody that was very special to you. And now maybe they're not here. And so I just want to say uh, that we're praying for you. And listen, I know it's not the easiest time, but God is there with you. And so take some time really with your family and reminisce about those times that you had with that loved one. And I guarantee you, God will give you that comfort and that peace. And why do we do all of these things, right? Why do we hang out with the family and play the football out back and cook all this food and, and, and talk about what we're grateful for and all these things? It's because they're family traditions. And maybe you're like me, you have some great food, you have some great times hanging out with family, but then you do this one family tradition that is, is very disappointing every single year, and that is subjecting yourself to subpar Dallas Cowboys football. Listen, I, I don't know why we do it every year, because they lose every stinking year, guys. It, it's horrible. Honestly, they, they don't even deserve to play on Thanksgiving anymore. I, I'm sorry, that's a whole nother sermon. That's not a sermon. That's just the personal problem that I have on Thanksgiving. I watch them every single year, right? With my dad or with my family, whoever it is, and they always lose, and it's always disappointing. But then I just go eat some pie and everything's okay. So, But why do we do that? Even though we know they're gonna lose, we do it because it is family tradition. And I love traditions. I think they're fun. And to be honest, I didn't really grow up with a ton of family traditions. There was a lot of uh, family traditions that, you know, other people had. And maybe we do some of the same similar things that everybody does. You know what I mean? Like you, you go to this family on this day. You go to the other family, other side of the family on the other day. You know, you watch the football, you eat the food, all that stuff. But I love traditions because it gives you that excited feeling. You know that you you know that that's gonna be there no matter what. Like you know that that turkey's gonna be there. You know that you're gonna be able to watch that game. You know that that crazy uncle's gonna be there and you're gonna have a lot of fun and, and have a good time. And even if your mama or your grandmama burns the turkey every single year, you know that it's always gonna be that you smell the burnt turkey, you know, like from the other room and you're like, ah, it's Thanksgiving, you know? Why? It's just because it's a family tradition. You know that it's always gonna be there. Uh, and there's something that's still almost satisfying about that, right? Uh, it's a great, great thing to have family traditions because it doesn't really matter 
what happens outside of anything else other than the fact that you're together, right? And you know that it's going to be there. You know that those things are always going to happen every year. And today, I want to talk to you about a story that's in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, that illustrates, illustrates one of the best traditions that you and your family, I feel like, should do on a regular basis, okay? And then another tradition uh, we're gonna do at the end. It's a ceremony and it, it's a time that we get together called communion. And I'll explain a little bit more about what that is. If you don't know what communion is, we'll, we'll figure that out together. We'll talk through that together. But let's go ahead and go to Joshua chapter 24. It should be in on the screen at the bottom there for you to be able to read if you don't have a Bible with you. So Joshua 24 verses one through 15. And then Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their elders, leaders, judges, and officers. So they came and presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord of God Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshiped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir, while Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and brought terrible plagues on Egypt. And afterward I brought you out as a free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very eyes, you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them. You took possession of their land. Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you, and so I rescued you from Balak. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, the Cellulites. I put that one in there. That's a little joke. That's a pastor joke, y'all. I'm sorry about that one. Okay, it's a lot of sites, all right? But I gave you victory over them, and I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you land you had not worked on, and I gave you towns that you did not build. The towns where you are now living, I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. So that was Joshua talking uh, from the Lord. Okay, Now this is actually Joshua just talking to the people now in verse 14. So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Wow. That was a mouthful of a lot of names and places and things, but it just all gets capped off. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much that you have given us your word. 
that we can look to it for guidance. We can look to it for help. And we know that your word lights our path. And so God, help me today to communicate your word in the best way that I can and, and, and to deliver the word that I believe that you have for these people, for Radical Church and beyond today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about two things. Okay, you can go ahead and write these down if you're taking notes. We're going to talk about re remind and renew. That's it. Remind and renew. We're going to talk about what those two things are. So what's happening here in this story, okay? You go back from the beginning, there's a lot of names, a lot of places, and, but basically what's happening is Joshua takes all of the leaders of all the tribes of Israel, brings them all together, okay? And says, we're gonna have this little ceremony, okay? We're gonna have a powwow because I'm getting old, all right? And if you know who Joshua is, Joshua was the successor to Moses, okay? Moses was the guy in the book of Exodus, brings all the people out of Egypt. You know, it was talking about that there in that passage. He brings them out of Egypt, they're going in the wilderness, and then Joshua finally takes over from Moses, okay? And they go into the promised land and it's, it's this great thing. And the Lord is like doing all this awesome stuff for them. And so Joshua's like, you know what? I just want to make sure that before I die, before I pass away, that I get everybody together and say, hey, listen, you guys need to really make sure that you make this choice, all right? Like, who are you going to serve? Is it going to be God or is it going to be these other gods? Is it going to be these other gods? And listen, I'm telling you, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord God, okay? Because he's done so much for us and he loves us. You know what I mean? Like he is just admonishing them. That's the word. Uh, to tell them, hey, listen, you guys need to serve the Lord. Don't serve any of these other gods. And so there's something that's very important in this passage that I think if you don't understand like the maps and all this stuff, you know, like it's hardly ever that you turn to the maps in the Bible, right? Uh, but there's some significance in where Joshua gathers them to. Okay, it says that Joshua gathers them to Shechem. Now, where is Shechem? Okay, Shechem was the place that Abraham, when he was called by God to go out and to go to this land that he had never been to before, right? He goes into this land called Canaan and he stops at a place called Shechem. That was his very first stop when he gets into the land of Canaan. And God gives him the promise for the very first time and says, Abraham, this is the land that I promised you. This is the land that all of your descendants are going to inhabit. This is the land that I'm going to give you. And it was here that God told him for the very first time. And so that, I think that's very significant. And Abraham ends up making an altar to the Lord there. Well, what's an altar? An altar is just a a construction. Usually back in, in, in those times, they would make little altars uh, of stone. It had to be like uncut stone. So they would put these stones together and it would basically be like a place of remembrance and a place of sacrifice uh, and to, to remember the things that God had done for them, the things that God had said in that place so that they could go back at a different time and remember, man, I remember when I built this altar here and what God said to me in this moment and what God did in this moment. And sometimes I feel like, guys, that we need to go back to the place where we started so that we know where God is taking us, right? Go back to the very beginning. Go back to the, the altars that you have in your life where you know that God has spoken something here. God has done something here. He has said something here and there and this place and that place. And listen, where he promised us this here. And if you would just take yourself back to the beginning when you first heard the good news of Jesus, right? How did you feel in that moment? How did you pray? How did you worship 
when you first heard about Jesus, I, I bet that it was zealous, right? That you had this passion and this fire inside of you to, to worship God. And sometimes I think if we can just go back and remind ourselves of the things that God has done along the way and go even all the way back to the beginning where God first told you of who Jesus was when you first heard about him and you had that hope and that life and that freedom and that liberty, right? Man, I think it'll just get you fired up. And God will be able to tell you, hey, this is where you're going now. Now that you're fired up, you remember who I am. You remember what I've done. Listen, this is where I'm taking you in life. And why do we do that? Why do we need to go back and look? It's because it's easy to forget. It's so easy to forget sometimes what God has done. And and that's sad, but it's so true. Even the Israelites forgot all the time. Over and over again, they went in circles. Okay, They, They had this cyclical pattern where they would serve God for a while, okay? And then they would completely forget about everything that he had done for them, right? And then they would start serving other gods. And then there would be some kind of like come to Jesus moment, okay? Like, and then they would repent of their sin. They would come back and start serving God again. Be like, Lord, we're so sorry. We're going to serve you again. And then they would go right back and, and do the same thing. And they would mess up. They would forget. And they would do all this stuff. And they just went in this circle over and over and over again. Does that sound familiar? Because I... I know it sounds familiar in my life for sure. I can tell you times in my own life where I felt dry, like spiritually dry, where I feel like I wasn't serving God in the way that I knew that I should, right? I was going after other things in life, whether it was stuff, whether it was money, whether it was, you know, relationships, whatever it might be. I was going after other things and I knew that I wasn't serving God in the way that I should. I I couldn't hear his voice well. and, And, you know, I felt like before I could hear his voice in a better way. And I was just going in that cyclical pattern. And so many times I feel like we do that as Christians in our lives and how easy it is to forget what God has done in our lives when we are not intentional about going back to those altars. When you're not intentional about remembering what God has said and spoken over your life, the promises that he's given you in your life, when you're not intentional about going back over those things and thanking him for his faithfulness along the way, it's easy to forget. And we can find ourselves just like the Israelites going in this cyclical pattern over and over and over again. And that's what Joshua is actually trying to help them not do again. He's trying to help them, guys, don't go over this pattern again. We've done this before. I want to make sure that you remember what God has done. So what's the promise that God's given for you? What's the promise that God has given in your family, for your spouse, for your kids? Maybe we need to make it a tradition to not just go around the Thanksgiving table and the Christmas table and say what we're grateful for every year, but also on top of that, make sure that you add in there every year, hey, this is the things that we're grateful for that God has done, okay? Not just the things in our natural lives, but in the supernatural. What has God spoken? What are those altars, those things that God has done, things that he has spoken over the years? And remind your family of that every single year. Remind your families what God has done and said. I think that's very, very important. That's one tradition that I think we should make sure that we do every year when we get the whole family together. So that's remind. And the second thing is renew. We need to make sure that we renew the covenant between us and God. Renew that covenant between us and God. I remember when I was young, okay, my mama would say this to me all the time. And she probably would still say this to me as well. I hope you're watching today, mama. I love you. Uh, But she would say, if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? 
right? You ever heard that one before? Uh, if you are a parent, you've probably said it. If you're a kid at some point, all of us were, you probably heard it spoken to you at some point, okay? If everybody jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? And honestly, sometimes I feel like I would just clap back and be like, yeah, you know what, mom, I would. You know, it's like, no, you wouldn't, you know what I mean? But you know what the point is, right? Is that there's all these times when we're worried about what other people are doing, okay? Would you do the same thing just because they're doing it? Or are you gonna do what's right, okay? And that's what Joshua is trying to get across here to these people. In verse 15, he says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, if you're not gonna do the thing that you should do, then choose today whom you will serve. Choose today whom you're gonna serve. What is he saying? Listen, you're gonna serve somebody, all right? It's not just one of those things where you serve, you know, you serve this God or no God, right? Maybe you serve, and in those times, they all served a God, okay? It was a very religious, you know, world back then, okay? And now there's a lot, we're post-Christianity, we're a lot of post-religion even in a sense, but everybody served a God. But I wanna even encourage you that even today, if you say that you don't believe that there's a God, there is no God out there, you're not just serving no God, you're serving a God and it's called yourself. You're making yourself and elevating yourself up to the level of God. You're serving this world and the things of this world. So you're gonna serve either these gods, these gods, or the true God, okay, is what he's trying to say. He says, would you prefer the gods of your ancestors that they serve beyond the Euphrates? Will it be the gods of the Amorites and whose land that you now live? Everybody else is doing it. That's what they would say. The Amorites, they're serving these gods. You know, our ancestors, they served those gods. Why are we the weirdos that serve, the, that serve this God, you know? Why do we have to be so different? And why do we have these rules? And why do we have this? And why do we have that? And I feel like Joshua is just kind of taking that mama moment with them and just being like, listen, if everybody jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? Listen, there is one God, okay? And you need to make sure that you remember what that God has done for you. And you need to say yes to him today. You have to make a choice in your family, right? You have to make a decision for your family. Who are you gonna serve? Who is your family going to serve? And, and it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing around us, okay? Doesn't matter what's cool. Doesn't matter what people say, what people think. Man, I'm going to serve God, amen? I hope that you would make that same decision, that you would say, I'm gonna serve God. And that's what he says in Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Another version says, as for me and my house, everybody in my household, we're gonna serve the Lord. And Joshua, what is he doing? He's taking responsibility for his family. He's taking responsibility, personal responsibility. Many people today might not like this. You know, they'll say like, well, you gotta let your kids find, your own, find their own way. You know, you can't force anything on them. And it's like, no, listen, I understand that you can't force your kids to follow Jesus. But what do I wanna do as a parent? Me as a parent, as a dad, I want to model Jesus in my life so passionately and, and make Jesus come alive in our house so much so that my kids would never want anything else. I understand that that's not always how it works out. And I don't want you to feel guilt or condemnation if, if you're grown and your kids are grown and maybe they don't serve the Lord. But what I'm telling you is, is just continue to serve God. 
Continue to make that choice every single day and to model Jesus in your life. So much so, keep praying for those kids so that one day, man, they will turn around and they will come and they will see those altars in your life. And they will see the altars in their own life of what God has done for them. And one day, I believe that if you will continue to pray for those kids, man, they're going to come back to Jesus. They're going to come back to God and they're going to repent and remember the things that he has done in their lives. But it starts with you. It started with Joshua, right? He said, listen, as for me and my family, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to take responsibility for that. And he says, no matter what anyone else does, I'm going to take responsibility. So my question to you is, will you take responsibility for your family today? Will you right now take responsibility for your family in this moment? The things that we watch in our homes, the things that we listen to, the way we spend our time and our money, the, the people we let into our lives. Man, I want to make the choice that all of those things are going to honor God. And, and this ceremony is kind of like a wedding ceremony. Okay, so like Joshua's getting all these people together and he's got this ceremony and what happens at a wedding, all right? I love weddings, first off. I just want to get this out of the way. This wasn't in my notes. This is free. I love weddings, okay? And the reason is, is because I am what I would call a danceaholic, all right? I love to dance. I'm the first person out on the dance floor, okay? I will get out there and I will be dancing around. And listen, I don't need any kind of alcohol to get out there and dance, okay? Because I just love to dance and have a good time uh, and get people together. It's just a lot of fun for me. And so, but what are weddings like, all right? You know, you have the ceremonial part of that where you get together, and the pastor gives a message about what marriage is, why it's important. The couple maybe reads their vows, or maybe they have some kind of other way that they, uh, they express their love for and commitment for one another. They make a formal commitment in front of everyone by exchanging the rings, and then they seal it with a kiss. And so you might have some of those other family traditions, but this ceremony, right, it's very similar to that, but it, this one's kind of more like a vow renewal, right? Joshua and all these people getting together, it's kind of more like a vow renewal because they already have the rings on, okay? Like they got the rings on, they've been in this for a while, but they just needed to remember and recommit back to God. They wanted to renew that covenant between them and God. And so I think today it would be fitting for us to do that as well, to renew the covenant that we have between us and God by taking communion together. So what is communion? Right before Jesus went to the cross, he was eating the Passover meal with his disciples, okay? And he explained to them that the bread that they were about to eat was his body that was being given for them. And then also that the, the juice or the wine they were about to drink was representative of his blood that was about to be poured out. It's going to cover all of their sins. And the disciples were kind of confused, okay? And I understand maybe you're even confused if you've never taken communion before. I want to make sure that I explain what this is to you. And what does this mean? This is a, a representative of what Jesus did for us on the cross. That when he died on the cross, he established a new covenant between us and God. A new covenant, not the old covenant that Joshua and all these people had, right? They had the law and they had all these rules and everything. And it was very strict and difficult for them and, and they had to make sacrifices. But man, Jesus, he was the ultimate sacrifice. 
when he put himself up on the cross, he said, I'm going to become sin. The man that knew no sin became sin, right? He had never done anything wrong. And he put himself on the cross, the son of God, separated himself from the Father in that moment because God can't be around sin. He is a holy God. And so Jesus said, you know what? I'm gonna become sin and be that sacrifice so that everyone in the world doesn't have to make these sacrifices anymore so that they can live not under law now, but under the grace of God. And so Jesus does that. And this is how we remember him and what he did for us, right? And so I want you to go ahead and if you will, go ahead and get your bread and get your juice out y'all or whatever it is you know it's 10 a.m if you got some wine you know like god bless you you know what i mean but uh i, I have one of these little fancy uh packets and it's kind of ironic the one time i wanted to take communion with you guys we didn't have any bread in the whole house but luckily uh, we had these little communion cups that we were going to take communion with together and so i will use one of these but before we do that i want to make sure that i give everyone an opportunity to get right with God. Because I don't ever want us to come and take communion together. And the Bible actually says this, that if there's sin in your life, man, you need to ask for forgiveness of that sin before you come before God in this way, right? Before we remember Jesus in this way, man, if you got some stuff in your life that you just say, God, I need some forgiveness for that today. I need to to lay this down at your feet and say, God, will you help me? Will you forgive me? I love you. I wanna renew this commitment with you today. So that's what we're gonna do. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to God and maybe you've kind of been like the Israelites in that circle, right? You're kind of on that, that side where you're like, you know what, I'm, I know that I'm sinning. I know that I'm far from God. But even right now, the Holy Spirit is reminding you of those altars and those times when God has spoken to you. Those times when he's done something in your life and yet you've let yourself kind of forget Maybe you've never done this before and, and this is your first time watching and you'd like to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Let me tell you, Jesus loves you so much. He died on the cross for you. He had you specifically in mind when he died on the cross and all of your sins are cast as far from the east as is from the west. And if you would just say yes to him today, I promise he would give you an abundant life. It's not always gonna be the easiest life ever. You know, nobody's life is the easiest. Jesus promised in this life you will have some trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And that is the hope that we have, that we can have eternal life in Jesus. And so if you wanna make that commitment today, or if you just wanna ask for some forgiveness from sins, rededicate your life to Jesus, will you all bow your heads with me right now and pray this prayer? Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you are alive today. I give my life to you. Thank you for giving me a new life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, well, man, I'm just so excited. The people that are rededicating their lives to Jesus right now, man, people that are, are making a commitment for the first time, it says that there's a party in heaven every time somebody comes into the fold of the family of God. And so I know right now this might be weird, but will you just celebrate wherever you're at? Come on, will you put some praise hands up in the comments? Will you say an amen in the comments? Will you put something out there that shows that, hey, we're in this together. Now you're a part of this family. And if you had some stuff, 
stuff going on in your life and you just needed some forgiveness, listen, I'm telling you, God's forgiving you right now. Don't hold on to that stuff any longer. He's already taken it. He's forgotten it. Listen, you're a new creation right now in Jesus. And so now what we get to do together, man, is, is we get to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. So go ahead and, and take this uh, cup, whatever you have, take this bread. And I'm going to read this passage to you about communion. And then we'll take the bread first and then the cup. Luke 22, 14 through 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. What I'd like for you to do right now is to take whatever bread that you have. And with your family, will you get together just in this moment? Pray for about 30 seconds. Just ask God to bless this bread as we take it together and thank Him for His body that was given for us. I'll be right there with my family doing it with you guys. Now, in verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Will you get together once again with your family, just quickly, and say, thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was poured out for our sins. You became the sacrifice for us. Man, that's just such a great uh, thing that we're so grateful for. Will you just get together with your family and pray that real quick and then take the cup together? I'm just so grateful for all that God has done in our families, right? I can remember when I very first said yes to Jesus. I was a young kid and I've gone through that cycle sometimes and, and I know my wife has too and she'll admit it and I think all of us can admit that we've gone through that cycle sometimes where we feel it's spiritually dry. But aren't you grateful that we can get together as a family and remind ourselves of the altars along our lives, the times when God has spoken, the times when He's done the miraculous, right? I believe that God has 
more altars for you and your family in the future. More things to say, he's not done with you yet. I don't care if you're 85 years old. Listen, God has more for you yet. I don't care if you've had trouble in your life and your past, whatever. You know what? We have forgiveness in Jesus today in this moment. We're remembering what God has done for us by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross. And now we're a new creation. And so what I want us to do as we go throughout the rest of this week, and even maybe today after this service is over, is talk to your family and actually go over those things, go over those altars with your family, with your kids. It doesn't matter if they're, they're young, they're three, four, five years old, or if they're grown, man, call them up on the phone and say, hey, I just wanna talk and just say, man, I'm so grateful for all that God has done in our lives. And you know, like wherever you're at in your life, I think that's a great thing that you can do with your family on the regular. Uh, and then lastly, taking communion together on a regular basis. That's a great thing that we need to do. Renewing that covenant, remembering what Jesus has done for us. Let's make those things a part of our family traditions, okay? Uh, let me pray for you and then we'll get out of here. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for an amazing time together where we have just experienced your presence, experienced your love. And Father, I just thank you so much that every family that's watching online right now, whether they're watching on a phone, listening in the car, or on a TV with their family, wherever they might be, God, that you have spoken to them today through your word. I pray that you would bless uh, our time throughout this week. Give them blessings and favor in their life and with their family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for being with us today. Uh, next week, we'll be in person back at Negley Elementary at 10 a.m. here in Kyle, Texas. Man, I'm excited. Uh, fill out that digital connect card. Also, if you'd like to give and you'd like to invest in what God is doing here at Radical Church and you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can do that at radicalchurch.life slash give. The link will be in the comments as well. Lastly, growth track. Make sure you sign up for it. Put me in coach. That's what I want to hear is people that are saying yes to getting in the game, not being spectators, not being sideline people. Man, we're going to be players in the game, helping people find Jesus. So sign up for growth track. All those links are in the comments. Hey, God bless you. You guys have a great rest of your day. Oh, 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 oh,